are listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four-volume, over 2,500-page work by the Venerable Maria of Agreda. If you would like to discuss today's reading, you can do so by heading on over to Facebook and joining the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast group, and there you'll be able to share your own insights and thoughts about today's readings with others who are listening and following along. Let us now thank God for the life of Venerable Maria of Agreda. Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who proclaim the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their heart and in our land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her example in holy life and wish to be taught by her today. Sor Maria, teach us how to pray and meditate. Teach us how to imitate the virtues of Our Lady. Teach us the mysteries of our faith. Almighty God, stir aflame in our hearts the same missionary fervor of Sor Maria, so we may be as emboldened as she was to proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Today is day number 194, and we are reading from Volume 3, Book 5, Chapter 11, Paragraphs 129 to 134. Before I begin reading Paragraph 129, I'm going to read the last sentence of Paragraph 128, which really will help situate our reading today, beginning at Paragraph 129. At the same time, she was informed of the rites and ceremonies to be instituted by the Church in future times for the ministration of the sacraments and for the well-ordering of divine worship among the faithful, also of the laws of the Holy Church for the government of the faithful, especially of the five precepts of the Church, namely, to hear Mass on feast days, to confess and partake of the most sacred body of Christ at stated times, to fast on appointed days, to give tithes and firstfruits of our earthly goods to the Lord. 129. In all these precepts of the Church, the Most Blessed Lady perceived the mysteries of our justification, the object of their establishment, the effects caused by them in the faithful, and the necessity of their existence in the new Church of God. She saw how necessary for the faithful was the first of these commandments. Establishing days consecrated to the Lord, that men might seek their God, assist at the sacred and mysterious sacrifice of the Mass, which was to be offered for the living and the dead, that they might renew the profession of faith and the memory of the divine passion and death by which we were redeemed, that they might, as much as possible, cooperate in the offering of this great sacrifice and partake of the blessings and fruits gained by the Church in the most sacred mystery of the Mass. She saw also the necessity of stirring up our loyalty and fervor by sacramental confession and holy communion, in order to restore us to the friendship and love of the Almighty. For besides the danger incurred by forgetting or neglecting the use of these two sacraments, men commit another injury by frustrating the loving desires of their God in establishing such sacraments for our benefit, since such neglect cannot exist without great contempt of the divine goodness, either tacit or expressed, 
It is a very serious insult to God and the guilty ones. 130. She had the same understanding of the last two precepts, to fast and to pay tithes. She saw how necessary it was for men to vanquish their enemies by restraint and mortification of the passions, which caused so many unhappy and negligent Christians to lose eternal happiness. It is the disorder of the flesh which foments these passions, and the flesh is subdued by fasting. Herein, the teacher of life himself has given us an example, although he had no need to conquer the disorders of sin. The paying of tithes, most holy Mary recognized, especially ordained by the Lord, in order that thereby the faithful might acknowledge him as the supreme creator and Lord of all, paying tribute to him of their temporal goods and thanking him for the gifts of his providence at the preservation of life. He wished also that these offerings be appropriated for the sustenance and comfort of his priests, for seeing that their sustenance is secured by the sweat of the people, they were to be thankful to the Lord for so abundantly supplying their needs and mindful of their obligation to seek the spiritual welfare of souls and to devote their whole life to the worship of God and the advance of his holy church. One thirty-one. I have tried to be very succinct in my explanations of these great mysteries, which secretly transpired in the inflamed and magnanimous heart of the Queen of Heaven, when she was instructed by the Almighty in the laws and precepts of the new church of the gospel. The fear of being too prolix, and much more, that of committing an error, has prevented me from manifesting all that has interiorly been known to me, and all that I have understood in this matter. The light of our holy faith, assisted by Christian piety and prudence, will teach Catholics the great venerations for these high mysteries, it will lead them to contemplate with lively faith the wonderful harmony of the sacraments, laws, doctrines, and mysteries contained in the Catholic Church, and how she has governed herself steadily from the beginning, and will govern herself to the end of the world. All this was treasured up admirably in the soul of the Blessed Lady and Queen. In her, according to our way of speaking, Christ brought his Church to the highest purity and perfection. In her, he deposited all the riches of the new law in order that she might be the first to enjoy them to their full extent, and that she might fructify, love, increase them, and render thanks for them in the name of all the other mortals. She was also to weep over their sins in order that the flood of mercy for the human race might not be impeded. The soul of Mary was to serve as the public record of all that God was to do for the redemption of man, and the document which was to bind him to complete his redemption. She was to be the coadjutrix and the everlasting memorial of all the wonders he intended to work among us. Instruction which the Queen of Heaven gave me. 132. My daughter... Many times I have reminded thee how injurious to the Almighty and how dangerous to the mortals is the forgetfulness and the neglect of the mysterious and wonderful works of his divine clemency toward men. My maternal solicitude urges me to renew in thee the memory and the sorrow of this lamentable tendency, 
Where is the judgment and good sense of men, that they should forget their eternal welfare and the glory of their Redeemer and Creator? The gates of grace and of glory are open, and yet they not only do not enter, but they fly from light and life, and they shut them out from the hearts darkened by the shadows of death. O more than inhuman cruelty of the sinner toward himself, overtaken by the most dangerous and deathly sickness, he does not wish to accept the remedy so graciously offered to him. Who would not willingly be snatched from death and restored to life? What sick person would not be grateful to the physician for curing him of his sickness? If men know how to be thankful for the restoration of health, which is so soon to be again taken from them by death and only serves them to endure new labors and dangers, why are they so foolish and hard of heart as not to be thankful for or even recognize the blessings of him who gives them eternal life and happiness, who rescues them from pains without end and inconceivably great? 133. O oh, my dearest daughter, how can I receive as children and a mother to those who thus despise my dearest son and Lord and all his clemency? The angels and saints of heaven understand his kindness, and they are astounded at the gross and dangerous ingratitude of mortals, and they see how the rectitude of divine judgments shall become manifest before the whole world. Already in previous parts of this history, I have declared to thee many of these secrets, and now I have made known to thee still more, in order that thou mayest imitate me so much the more closely, and weep with me over the unhappy state of mortals, by which God has been and is so greatly offended. Weep thou over their sins, and at the same time try to make up for them. I wish that thou let no day pass without having given most humble thanks to his greatness, since he has instituted the great sacraments and receives only abuse in return. Do thou receive them with profound reverence, faith, and firm hope, Especially must thou be filled with highest esteem for the sacrament of penance, and try to excite in thee the dispositions, and fulfill the requirements which the Holy Church and its teachers point out as necessary for its worthy reception. Approach it with a humble and thankful heart day after day, and whenever thou art conscious of any fault, do not postpone the remedy afforded by the sacrament. Wash and cleanse thy soul. For is the most abominable carelessness to know oneself stained with sin and yet to remain in such disgrace for a long time, yea, even for one instant. 134. Particularly do I wish thee to understand the wrath of the Almighty against those who dare to receive the sacraments unworthily, especially the august sacrament of the altar. O soul! How dreadful is this sin in the eyes of the Lord and his saints, yea, not only receiving of him unworthily, but the irreverences committed in his real presence on the altar. How can they be called children of the church, who, claiming to believe and respect the mystery, not only neglect to visit him in the many places where he is sacramentally present, but also dare to indulge in such disrespect toward him as even the heathens are not guilty against their false idols. This is a matter which could not be deplored sufficiently in many discourses, 
and I tell thee, my daughter, that the men of the present age have so outraged the justice of the Lord that I cannot even manifest to them what in my kindness I desire as I remedy of this evil. But let them know at present that his sentence shall be dreadful and without mercy, rendered against those wicked and faithless servants who are condemned by the words of their own mouth. Luke 19.22 This thou canst announce to all that will hear thee, and counsel them to come at least once a day to the churches in which their God is sacramentally present, in order to adore and worship him, and let them assist at the sacrifice of the Mass. For men do not know how much they lose by their negligence in this regard. This concludes our reading today for day number 194. We've been reading from Volume 3, Book 5, Chapter 11, Paragraphs 129 to 134. Today's reading focused a little bit on the precepts of the church, and then we heard that very beautiful exhortation of Our Lady, her teaching that she gives to us. The five precepts of the church, let's name them one more time. Good for us to know this. To hear Mass on feast days. To confess and partake in the most sacred body of Christ at stated times. To fast on the appointed days. To give tithes and first fruits of our earthly goods to the Lord. So we honor the Sabbath. We confess our sins. We do penance. We receive the body of Christ. Now, technically, you only need to receive the Eucharist once a year, and that's during the Easter season. And that's partly because historically people would not approach the sacrament of the Holy Altar, and so they had to make this stipulation so that at least once a year people would fulfill this duty. That's why sometimes you hear it called the Easter duty or the Easter sacrament. To fast on appointed days, we know that's Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. And we fast at other times when the Holy Father calls us to do so, or the bishops of the U.S. invite us to fast, or when it is appropriate and fitting for us to do so uh, at the encouragement of the church. In the instruction given by Our Lady, there's always kind of this, I can't understand why, Mary says, that people forget who God is and what God has done for them. And this is a theme that we hear almost every single instruction, that people have forgotten what God has done for them, that he, they are forgiven, but yet they choose their life indifferent to God. That's something Mary doesn't understand. And as believers, hopefully we're in the same boat, that we aren't those people who are indifferent, that we are actually seeking to do the will of God. When it comes to the sacrament of reconciliation, Our Lady said, Approach it with a humble and thankful heart. And whenever thou art conscious of any fault, do not postpone the remedy afforded by this sacrament. Wash and cleanse thy soul. So do not delay, do not postpone. It's kind of a sad state of affairs that a lot of people only go to confession maybe once a year. And when we're talking about the whole church, all believers in the Catholic Church, 
it's even very small, right? But we think about uh, Advent and Lent. Those are penitential seasons that people seek out the sacrament of reconciliation. But there are people conscious of sin that simply do not seek out the sacrament. And maybe the church is at fault a little bit that confession isn't as readily available as it could be. But I think that we've lost the sense of awareness of sin in our lives and in our world, that the things the church thinks is sinful, well, people say, no, no, that's, that. I don't think Jesus really cares about that. Well, Jesus does care about it. He talked about it as he went about his public ministry. He entrusted the care of the church to Peter and the apostles, and that's continued throughout the history of the church. So Jesus does care about some of these things. And there's this relativism, you could say, this apathy towards sin that I just think it's okay, so I don't need to go to confession. But we should make it a habit to go more often. And I've said it time and again, Our Lady was so smart in Fatima. Go to confession every month. Well, that's a beautiful request. That's a mother taking care of her children. As a priest, if I was to have so many people fulfilling Our Lady's request of monthly confession, I would be in the confessional lots for hours upon hours on end. We need to seek out the sacrament more. When it comes to the Holy Eucharist, how can they be called children of the church who claiming to believe and respect this mystery not only neglect to visit him in the many places where he is sacramentally present, but also dare to indulge in such disrespect toward him? So they neglect to visit him where he is sacramentally present. Well, this happens when people neglect to visit him on a Sunday, I would say. This happens when people neglect to visit the Lord, maybe when they're passing by a church. When I was in Mexico City, we walked from one point to the downtown area where the Metropolitan Cathedral was. And as we made our journey, we walked by lots of different Catholic churches. And what did we do every time? We went in, we looked around, and we made a visit to the Blessed Sacrament. Just a simple prayer to the Lord Jesus. But it was something that we did as part of our travel, as part of our pilgrimage and our journey, was to visit the Lord. And sometimes in those churches, he's even exposed in the Blessed Sacrament in the monstrance on the altar. But to know that in the tabernacle, the Lord is there, and we can pay him a visit. I'm Father Edward Looney. And throughout the year, I'm reading and reflecting on the four-volume, over 2,500-page work of the Venerable Maria of Agreda. I'm grateful that you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you, and Mary pray for you.